Okay, um, this, my name is Gwyneth McDonald and this is the first of a series of podcasts which we are calling Conversations Around Grief and Loss. And I am joined today by two colleagues and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Alison Bunce um, and I work uh, within Compassionate Inverclyde. And my name's Ian Arthur, I'm the Salvation Army Core Officer at Port Glasgow. Welcome both. And I, we had a, an informal conversation recently and it seemed useful to kind of try and expand on that both. And it was around grief and loss and what it's like for people around any kind of loss at this specific time while we're in the middle of this pandemic and while we're in lockdown and what that's like for people. And certainly for me as a, a, I'm a counsellor and I'm in the, I manage Mind Mosaic Counselling and Therapy. Um, the, the, the stories that we are hearing from clients that we see now are very different. People um, are reacting very differently to the, the loss of their loved ones during this, this time and have to grieve very differently. I don't know if you two have noticed that also. Yep, yeah, I think um, not just what we've noticed is not just around the, the loss of loved ones, but the loss of um, different things like the loss of position, the loss of um, routine. Uh, so I think thinking about loss and grief is, is bigger now just than thinking about the loss of a loved one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there is that kind of it, it, it's that loss of a way of life, isn't it? It's the importance of, I know we were chatting earlier on about kind of the little things that kind of intertwine that we, we don't necessarily see at the time as being important, but are actually really important little rituals in our life that kind of help us hold things together and, and pin things down. And suddenly, we, as Alison said, we've got that loss of position, that loss of routine, you've got that loss of freedom, you've got that loss of, you know, being able to give your new grandchild a hug and, and all those things that we often take for granted when we're not in this sort of situation. But actually, it's it's been a huge loss for everyone. Um, and particularly in chatting to those that have lost people, actually, there is that loss of, of, of grief that you would normally have, but it's then, there's then not that way that you would normally express it. So it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you're filled up with this grief, but you've not got anywhere to pour it because, you know, the funerals are, are limited to, X amount of people and X amount of time. You haven't got the the kind of the bonfire afterwards where we share stories and we do the kind of important saying goodbye in that kind of way. We haven't got the hugging someone in the street because you've just found out and all these little things that suddenly mean that there's nowhere to put it almost. Absolutely. I think that's that's a huge thing, isn't it? Um, certainly from me, for me, from a therapeutic point of view, people start their their kind of journey of loss right away by sharing stories, you know, by having a conversation with the minister, the priest, you know, the celebrant, whoever's, whoever's conducting that service and telling the stories of loved ones. And that starts their journey. And yeah. that's kind of halted at the moment. I don't know if you're finding that, Alison. Yeah. I lost a friend a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, and I didn't realise the importance of rituals until the, we weren't able to share stories. Um, we are a small group of people who have met up for the last 17 years and we weren't able to, to laugh together or cry together or, or have that connection, that emotional connection and, um, you know, things that we can connect into together that would have helped our journey and, and, and our healing and, or our sadness or, or whatever. Um, yeah, but I hadn't really thought about how important rituals were but until that time. Hugely important, I guess, Ian, you're probably more aware of it than Alison and I, you know, from a, from a kind of perspective of faith, you know, which is ritualistic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those interesting things that as a kind of Salvation Army officer, as a minister, it's on the one hand, we're non-liturgical and we try not to get into liturgy and rituals and all the rest of it, which basically means that like any group of people, we make up our own liturgies and our own rituals because that's what human beings have done for eons. Um, and I think it, it is that kind of, it's like Alison said, you don't realise the loss of ritual or how important rituals are until you don't have them. I think it's it has been huge in chatting to colleague ministers who are having to do um, a, a lot more funerals than they would normally have to do. They're having to cover other churches because those of us that are over 70 are having to self-isolate, which puts another loss on people. We've got, you know, we've got our, our church members, our soldiers who are locked in, champing at the bit, wanting to do, but can't do because they need to stay inside to stay safe. And it's it kind of great against that from a, a kind of activist faith if you like and learning how to to channel that differently i think it's it, it has been huge and it's been a huge kind of learning curve on how we adapt our rituals um i mean it, it was it, it's been amazing to see how people have have kind of found new rituals where they've lost the rituals so even when you know there can't be a big funeral but everyone can stand outside their door six feet apart while a hearse drives past mm -hmm. and clap everyone down the street. And that's almost more moving yeah. than seeing a, a hall packed full of people to pay tribute. It's that kind of very public, very, you know, or, or the times where, you know, you, you see a hearse drive past and suddenly it's not just one or two people that stop and doff their cap or, or whatever else, because there's that respect of actually re, re kind of remembering, if you like, in terms of putting things back together, how we used to grieve as a community. Yeah. And I yeah. think that is going to be a huge thing after this. I think it is a huge thing. And you were speaking there about isolation and connection. And I recently have spoken to a few people who are isolating, who have not touched another human being for, what, nine weeks now? And that's, I mean, we're primates, you know, we're, we're kind of programmed to touch. Um, it's a huge loss for people as well. It kind of reminded that the, the the public coming out and lining the streets and clapping, or or, or being silent, or whatever it would be, and 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 the way that in which they celebrate that life or whatever. It reminded me of when Princess Diana died. Yes. Or it reminds me of that 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 same community spirit that has 
come together in tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Encoding of grief. It's almost like when they bring the when they bring soldiers home that have been killed in action, and they kind of take them down the streets. There's that kind of thing of the whole community wants to say, well, no, you can't. You know, you might not have known this person, but you're not going to let anyone go without saying goodbye properly or without someone there to say goodbye. Um, and it's really it, parts of it have really shown that. Parts of it yeah. have shown you know, the flip side of quite how horrendous it is when you have the capacity to grieve as a community taken away. I think, thankfully, now we're seeing glimmers of, you know, kind of reinventing that ritual to make it so that it can happen. But you've got that, yeah, that kind of balance, haven't you, of the, the, the joy of seeing a community working together and grieving together and that being the thing that's been taken away. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the positive out of it, Ian, isn't it? That seeing the community coming together, different organisations and groups within the community really working well um, in a democratic way, you know, without any without any kind of pretense or any barriers there to to do the best for for Inverclyde. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's probably the first time the most. Um, inclusive, all-rounded group of volunteers I've had on any single project, whether it's been within the church or without the church, the fact that now I've got, you know, I'm having conversations about faith with Catholics, Protestants, spiritualists, atheists, anyone that wants to put their shoulder to the wheel. And actually, it, it's the common ground of that kind of how how do we do we do the ritual? You know, it's, it's from a kind of Christian scripture point of view, the, the only thing that's been going through my head this whole time is that how do we sing a Lord's song in a strange land when the Jews have been exiled, they were stuck somewhere, they didn't know where they could be, they couldn't worship how they want to worship, they couldn't do all the rituals, and there's just this line that says, how do they sing the song, Lord's song in a strange land? How do we make this work in somewhere we have no idea where it is? Yes, because there's always a way, isn't there? There's always a way forward. Yep. I think it might it might be good the next time we come together and the next conversation that we have that we look at, you know, we've spoken today about community and how, you know, we, we've been able to come together as a community. But isolation really is so big at the minute. And maybe how how do we grieve in isolation and, and helpful things that we could do? Yes, yeah, in isolation. Yeah, so what could we do to support the community to grieve in isolation as and what yeah. are we doing as a, a group of people? You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe if anyone's listening to the podcast and wants to throw a comment on or whatever else of, of ways that they found useful and, and kind of share this around the community, because it is about kind of how we all support each other and, and kind of work together, not just as agencies, but as just fellow human beings. Yes. Um, yeah. And in that thing of you know if you've been on your own and had to grieve in a, a way that's been a little bit more creative then actually it'd be good to to share that and, and share the wealth for those of us that that haven't yet had to go through that yeah, yeah. of isolation like we'd like to hear your stories we'd like to hear your tips and your hints yes yeah okay so are we closing there for today but we'll pick this up in our next podcast that sounds like a plan it does thank, thank you Thank you.